All right, guys, this is going to be a bit of a weird episode. The multi-disclaimer episode. There's going to be, first of all, the title of the podcast itself this week will probably be some sort of disclaimer. Then maybe it'll just be the word disclaimer. Um, then the um, Then there's one about probably 10 or 15 minutes in. Um, the first 10 minutes are just kind of general, general stuff. And then after that, whatever's left in the episode is just me kind of, um, analyzing the election, the results. Um, a lot of it is just talking pretty generally about, um, about the election. I don't think, I think for most of it, whether or not you're liberal or conservative, you'll... Um, it's just general facts and fallout and, and what happened. Um, but then towards the end, I definitely, uh, I definitely lean a little bit one more one way. So if you're sick of election coverage, listen to the t- first t- 10 minutes, uh, give it a shot. Um, but if it's not for you, it's not for you this week. All right. Enjoy. You're listening to the past. Listening to the past on blast podcast. Hey, welcome. Good morning, or uh, good afternoon, or good night, I guess. What, good whenever you're listening. Um, I, yeah, I don't know why my assumption is that you're listening in the morning. Uh, it's not like I'm under any delusions that our, our vast multitude of listeners are, uh, are all clamoring to listen to the episode first thing when it drops. Um, I don't know. Maybe... Uh, Maybe it's always morning out there in, in podcast land. Uh, so anyways, welcome to the Past on Blast podcast. It's going to be a bit of a weird episode this week, kind of a, an experiment going on. It's just old Patty Murph coming at you solo this episode. That's right. Papatron is a lone wolf this week. I I refer to myself as uh, as Tron when I'm talking to myself in the third person, uh, and there's a few people who also refer to me that as uh, re- call me that as uh, a nickname, but that is a tale for another day. Um, so the reason I'm recording all by myself this week is, uh, well, uh, it's kind of uh it's kind of weird to talk about but um Ty actually uh actually quit the uh quit the podcast um Jesse his his wife Jesse told him that uh she was just really sick of all of the all of the jerk off jokes and the the dumb characters and the fart noises. And uh so he had to he had to 
leave. Um, you know, got to keep the missus satisfied. Happy wife, happy life and all that. Oh, I'm just messing with you. Old Murph up to his wacky old tricks. No. Uh, so what really happened was that uh, Ty, Ty did not leave the podcast. And uh, I, in case you were fooled by my my stellar acting there. Um, and uh, what happened was that Ty and I got a little bit drunk on Saturday night. And when we went to record on Sunday morning, he was just uh, really not on top of his game. Uh, but then again, to be fair, I was I was not as well. So we we tried to discuss the election results and the, all the subsequent events, but that did not go well. And I couldn't really articulate any of the ideas I had written down. Um, so we abandoned that after about twenty minutes, and then decided to move on to some bits uh, and some general complaints, nonsense, you know the uh the hard-hitting issues we usually cover um but that also did not go too well so uh i was i was it i think that where it ended was i was trying to explain to him that i wanted to do a bit where we would take some general grievance that i had and uh not to be confused with the wonderful General Grievous from Star Wars no but so we we uh i wanted to take some sort of complaint that i had um, some sort of Seinfeldian observation, and uh, but then present it in the form of uh, a morning zoo where shock jock radio voices and personalities. So just like, uh, welcome back to ninety seven seven, the nerve. Hey, do you ever notice the you know, women be shopping or whatever? That was a really bad example, but but you get the idea. Um, eh, it was not women be shopping. Um, actually, you know what, I'll just go ahead and I'm going to lay in us calling it quits, uh, in post-production. So here that is for you, uh, right now. I want to, at some point for an extensive period of this, I want to just start talking like DJs and just, just try and talk about the whatever the topic is but purely in like morning radio dj voices like wait what we're both like like so i'll pick a topic that i would normally like just one of my complaints or whatever yeah <laughs> and then uh but we just both are just like you know just talk like morning zoo dj people the whole time you know what i'm talking about all right, ready? You'll get it. I think I'm too tired to do this. Come on, you fucker. You're such a piece of shit. We should have did this yesterday. I fucking hate you, man. Ah, you're killing me. I, we got to fucking record. You're too beat? Yeah, I'm just fucking like... I, I know, you can't it. talk. Uh, I have a lot of good shit this week, too. Oh, all right, fuck it. So, as you can probably tell from that clip, it was not going to go very well, and we were kind of trying to force it, uh, which happens from time to time, and it just, uh, it wasn't the day. So, um, I still wanted to put an episode out this week. I have a lot that I want to say about uh, 
the election and everything like that. Um, but before we get into that, I'll, I'm going to try my hand. I think what I wanted to talk about was um, just the the overuse of uh, tweets in uh, in news stories and just how online um, uh, newspapers when they publish some articles online, uh, they'll you know just the whole story is just filled with tweets and people's reactions and things like that. Um, so, uh, let's see how would it have gone. It would have been something like, uh, welcome back. <clears throat> no, that's terrible. Hold on. The Vibe. You're here listening to Crazy Eddie and the Mad Dog. Mad Dog Mike, how you doing today? (laughs) Yep. Well, all right. So, uh, hey Mike, have you you ever noticed that uh, all all these mainstream publications are now just posting articles that just consist purely of tweets? What's the deal with that, man? Oh, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Anyways, they're just filled with these tweets. I guess it everything's got to be interactable or or shareable or or some sort of wearable nowadays. <laughs> but uh yeah, I don't know. One thing's for sure though, is all these stories are is uh tweets by nobodies who are certainly not quotable and definitely not notable. All right, coming up next, we got Wiz Khalifa coming at ya. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, uh, not the best idea. It doesn't really work solo. Uh, but, uh, y- you know, it, g- it can work under the right circumstances, but that was not the day. Um, so, anyways, as I mentioned, uh, we I wanted to keep it a little bit light up top before I roll into the election so this is probably the first time I'm going to give a disclaimer of any sort but the rest of the episode it's probably going to be a short episode but um, the rest of it is essentially going to be just talking about the election I am going to try and keep it pretty bipartisan and just kind of talk about events leading up to it uh, predictions I've made on this show regarding the election that uh, did not come true um, and then, and then just kind of what's happened as a result, where we are as a country, my general feelings about the whole thing. Um, again, I'm going to keep it pretty open-minded. Um, I wasn't really a huge fan of either candidate, but, um, but yeah. So if you are sick and tired of hearing about this, if you have no fucking interest in politics, this is not the episode for you. Go listen to one of the back catalog where we talk about our fucking jerk-off stories and make fart jokes and do dumb bits like the one that I poorly attempted a second ago. Um, but, yep. So, disclaimer, and here we go. How is everybody feeling? It's been about a week and a half since, uh, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, uh, Donald, Donald Trump won the 
2016 U.S. presidential election. Uh, Republicans still happy, still still soaking up that sweet victory, and glad that uh, that crooked Hillary, old Mrs. Pantsuit Hillary Clinton, did not become the first woman president. Uh, what about you, Dem- Democrats? Uh, have you uh, you made it all the way through the five stages of grief? Arrived at acceptance yet? Or uh, are you still hoping that a miracle occurs and the Electoral College has enough um, faithless voters to make to make this a win for Hillary? Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, that's right. Uh, in case you were in a cave or just came out of a coma and immediately put on this podcast late last Tuesday night or early Wednesday morning, November the 9th, 2016, Donald J. I think it's J. Donald J. Trump won the 2016 presidential election uh, despite losing the popular vote. Vote, vote. Uh, he's not on the popular vote. Get off that boat. Um, so yeah, he he lost the popular vote, won the election. Uh, not at all what I predicted or anticipated. Um, if you're a regular listener of the podcast, you'll know that I predicted that Hillary would win fairly handily. Um, but uh, I definitely started to get a little bit more concerned in the final weeks of the campaign. Uh, the third debate, he carried himself a little better. Um I don't think I can ever see him as a presidential, but he, he you could tell that he was making a concerted effort not to constantly interrupt um, or to stalk her in the, in the background like he did on the, uh, the second debate. Um, and... Uh, yeah, so he, he was just he just acted like somewhat less of a jerk off, and uh, and then also in that debate, Hillary advocated late term abortions. Um, I'm not saying I disagree with the point that she made regarding uh, pregnant women whose health is in jeopardy or unexpected complications, um, health of the baby, things like that. Um, you know, it's a serious issue. But at the same time, I do think it's, uh, I do think it's, you know, there's extenuating circumstances, which, which, uh, it would be acceptable. However, um, I know that a lot of Americans would not view it that way and would purely view it through the, um, the prism of their religious beliefs. Um, or even if you're not religious, um, like, I mean, most Americans, whether you were, if you were raised religious, it's, it's still, I don't know, it gets etched into you at some point. Um, so I, I knew that the reaction to that wasn't going to be great. Um, didn't get super played up in the media or anything, but it didn't help. I think it was the right stance, but she she probably took it at the wrong time. And then, of course, after that, um, the uh, 
FBI director Comey um, brought up the emails again uh, and then dropped them, dropped the charges were dropped day, you know, days before the election. So it was just the last the last two to three weeks of the campaign were not good for Hillary. Um, again, I'm uh, I'm gonna at least for the beginning, just covering what I think happened, why I think it happened, I'm gonna try to be as objective as I can um, and or at least subjective in terms of um, reporting my reactions and my feelings without being like too overbearing with my opinions or or presenting things clearly as opinions and not you know uh, presenting opinions as facts is is uh is the way people often argue uh, if that makes sense um but i will preface all of this uh with the fact that i voted for hillary if that's uh, not obvious enough yet um I didn't really care for either candidate, but I think she was in many ways the lesser of the two evils. Uh, really, I would have preferred Bernie, and I think that the uh, the DNC and and the liberal media elites uh, really uh, really shot themselves in the foot with how they handled the primaries. Um, the chief, I, I I think I honestly I think that that Hillary winning the primaries was probably decided um at some point like you know mid to mid to early 2008 there was probably a deal struck with uh with obama that uh you know she um she let him there not let him but you know once once she lost the primaries um that she would support him and be kind of a, a loyal soldier at least for for the first term before she started to kind of move into the into the old campaign mode but um yeah uh all right so yeah so last uh little like about a week and a half ago now um was the uh was the election I um I watched I, I had a soccer game that night and it was at about I think it was an I think it was an eight o'clock game and then I like when I got there I was checking results some of the earlier states were already reported nothing really too shocking and then um I think uh by the time, um, around halftime, I was like compulsively checking my phone, or if I came out for a sub, I would check my phone. And I think by towards the end of the game, um, middle to the end of the game, it was like he was starting to kind of pull ahead. And, you know, he, it was at that point, Florida was. Um, looking like it was going to go to him, North Carolina. I wasn't really too surprised by those. Um, I mean, North Carolina and Florida, they, um, 
yeah, they, I, they can definitely go either way, but um, at least in the last couple elections, North Carolina, but but Florida, Florida, you know, is an important state, but at the same time, I, I just didn't see it going her way this year. Um, uh, even despite all those, uh, <laughs> I don't even want to make a joke about it. Uh, I was gonna say, despite all those, uh, you know, evil murdering, uh, raping Latinos down there, um, but apparently the uh, Cubans actually kind of turned out for Trump. Um, so, yeah. Then after that, I went over to Ty's house, watched the election there for about an hour or so, till about ten thirty. Got home at like eleven, and uh, at that point, it wasn't looking so good. And so I stopped at the store and grabbed like a a, uh, a nice stiff drink and just kind of got drunk for the next two or three hours and stayed up. I think I fell asleep around one thirty or so. They they hadn't quite called it yet, but it was looking like her chances were slim and in Michigan and in Pennsylvania and Wisconsin and and the the blue wall was was going down big time. Um, and so, I mean, it's a historic campaign for sure. Um, just in terms of what, if nothing else, like, I, I don't know what, a lot else that I can say positive about the Trump campaign. Um, but, uh, he definitely, um, him and his team definitely, strategized well in terms of just grinding it out the past the last I mean towards the end of the campaign but the last week he, he was doing like you know seven seven of his crazy uh, Hitler youth rallies a day and and uh, sorry I should try to be more objective but I mean it, I don't think it really deserves it with the shit he was saying in some of those um but yeah, he was just running all over um the the rust belt and um and at the time a lot of people were kind of wondering what the hell he was spending so much time in Michigan and uh Wisconsin for and um and Hillary was pretty much I think she was hunkered down in Pennsylvania the entire last week of the election but um, it paid off for him, and I mean, ultimately, um, ultimately, Trump was just—he was—he was able to excite his base, and uh, Hillary was was really not. Um, you know, there was uh, there were a lot of people who were excited to vote for her, for sure, um, but you know, and, and I. Even though I wasn't really um, excited about her, I still the um, historic historical implications of the first woman president um, was pretty amazing. I took I took Levon. I took my son to vote with me. We voted early, like a week before the election, and took him in there, and he got to see the whole thing. And I kind of explained. Um, he's about to be five, so it's the first time he was 
mildly aware at all during an election cycle um, and could understand a little bit what was going on. So I had to kind of explain what was going on and who was running and a little bit of the history of the candidates and, you know, just really high-level stuff. Um, and, um, yeah, but it, it was... It would have been exciting to have the first woman president, for sure. But um, that is not the way that it went. So, um, yeah, so Trump uh, was able to really excite the base. Hillary, not so much. I think a lot of people on both sides were primarily voting against people. Um, You know, I don't think ever in American history were there two candidates who had such disfavorable approval ratings um and yeah i think a lot of people were were um rooting against candidates rather than than rooting for i I, honestly aside from the whole uh first female president thing um you know i I think uh, yeah a lot of a lot of what hillary was talking about occasionally was good but she's just not she's a really polarizing candidate she um the fact that bernie was close and the super delegates and and all that and the primaries all going for her um that that definitely turned a lot of people off and and you know the typical complaints of of her being crooked or um, just too much of an insider or whatever career career politician type shit. Even though Bernie is obviously a Washington insider and career politician, he's you know very openly um, socialist and kind of he's more liberal and more radical about his approach to things he he's um like trump he's less less guarded in what he says seems more natural more authentic and that was exciting for a lot of people and so um when the democratic party lost their outsider candidate it turned a lot of people off because it seemed like like i said that that this had been the setup um so yeah, then, um, and and then on the other hand, you know, Trump kept all throughout the the campaign for the last year. It was uh, and longer. It was just you constantly. You thought it would end. You thought it would end. You figured, okay, he'd say something crazy, and you would think that um, that that would be it. You know, you think that was his. Uh, who was? Who's that guy? Was it Mike? Was it Huckabee? Who was the guy? We're going to North Carolina and, and Georgia and Florida. Woo! No Ohio. And, uh, after he won one, uh, <laughs> one primary. Um, yeah, you thought it was that moment where it's just, okay, he says something so crazy or so politically incorrect. And you're like, okay, people can't possibly be supporting him anymore. And... And it didn't matter. And a lot of times, even after uh, after the result, um, or after the these 
various incidents would happen or he would say something or or tweet something at three in the morning um it would end up actually helping him i think a lot of it was just because the media would jump all over it and um it would get people talking and then also um you know there's such a such a like among people conservatives there's just such a a dislike for your CNNs and your MSNBCs and and how they cover things so them speaking out against Trump um, uh, just worked in his favor and uh, I guess that kind of nicely segues into what seem to be two of the major narratives, um, two of the major kind of assessments of what happened exactly this election cycle. How did Trump win? Um, how he pulled it off? And why um, people, uh, lower class um, and lower middle class white people, were voting Republican um, in in the uh, in the Rust Belt, and so basically the the two um, the two kind of st- stories that a lot of people have been talking about are definitely the whole idea of uh, echo chambers online and in the media and um, and just in terms of where people get their news, a lot of people getting their news on Facebook. Um, so that's one thing. And then, and then the other thing is, is just kind of this sense of, uh, disenfranchisement and disillusionment with the system, um, among, uh, lower and lower middle-class white people. So I guess, I guess I'll go into the echo chambers thing first, which, yeah, so it, it's definitely it's a feature of, of Facebook that's bothered the shit out of me for for a while um, is just that how the algorithm is designed to you know make you to just feed shit that they they expect you to like or that there's a probability that you're going to like based on past interactions and um, I'm sure keywords and um, and people and, and all of that and so um, yeah it, it used to be for those for anybody who's younger than I am or, or probably older as as well um, Facebook came out when I was a freshman in college and it was only it only existed at a few colleges so so I um, reluctantly was signed up by somebody else um, my freshman year of college and it only existed at a handful of universities at the time um, my school is one of the earlier ones to adopt it and you had to have an edu address and you could like and dislike things and there was an, a, I mean a ton of different features that didn't exist then or did exist then that don't exist any longer and one of the things was um, the 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 algorithm for what was on your feed uh, was not 
I don't even know if there was a feed to begin with. Now thinking about it, it was different how that probably functioned. Um, but yeah, the whatever the the story or whatever they called it then. Um, but your your feed was not as it, it just showed everything. So anything from the past day or whatever would be on there, and it wasn't only the friends that you interact with or you like their posts or you or you talk shit back at their posts. Um, and now, so because um, the Facebook algorithm has become so intelligent um, and they know that when you like things, you're, you know, you get that, you get the right um, kick of endorphins and, you know, they, they, they can basically it keeps you placated and happy and keeps you on longer um versus just kind of saying you know screw this boring shit i'm out of here so um so as a result of that this election cycle um with people so many people and younger people especially just kind of, I think it was something crazy like 46% of Americans or something like that get their news from Facebook. That's just where, you know, it's just only through other people sharing articles or making comments and then you thinking, okay, let me look into that story. I don't know what's, uh, you know, I've heard people talking about that or something, but I don't really know the deal. Let me look into that um, if you're not. And that's if you're not a, like, you know, a lazy person or somebody who is um, who is mildly invested in uh, learning about things. So I, I'd imagine a lot of people, especially the people who are getting their news on Facebook, are not doing that. So then, then again, you know, a lot of people don't vote. So I'm sure the uh, Facebook news people, a lot of them, are not even voting. Um, although, who knows? There's probably a third echo chamber for those people, which is just all fucking selfies and cat pics um so yeah so basically what what happened as a result is that um hillary hillary a lot of hillary supporters or or would be hillary voters or might have been hillary voters um see a lot of that on their feeds and you get the there's such an expectation that she would win because well Donald Trump is, I mean, to be blunt and honest, uh, a reality TV fucking clown. And um, he says a lot of insane shit. And if you're the type of person who uh, feels strongly about um, uh, human rights and uh, justice and equality and things like that, um, the things that he said just seems so crazy um, that you, you couldn't picture anyone voting for him and like it seemed like you know like when is this joke going to end and um, and then you, your your Facebook feed reinforces that idea and and if you get your news from a lot of places um, you know truthful as they may be about presenting the facts and and I mean you know CNN MSNBC especially um, 
they're definitely they're devoted to the facts but at the same time they have a point of view for sure and they they represent things as you know somewhat equally much more so than fox news for sure but at the same time uh they are they're definitely left-leaning so you see that coverage uh same thing goes for the new york times they're all like whereas fox news is not nearly as invested in facts and truth and um journalistic integrity and and you know and presenting a story as it happened um the the liberal media tends to be it 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 is in you know much more um true much more accurate in terms of if you look at like politifact or anything like that the the thing that pundits or columnists or uh journalists are writing and saying is is definitely more objectively true but they also present it with a subjective bias and uh you know or they pre- because they present the the story a certain way um so in kind of if you're getting your news from those sources even um not even for, like forgetting about facebook um or the people you follow on twitter or, you know all probably people that you agree with um if you're on Twitter, not a lot of people are even on Twitter, I feel like anymore, but so, um, but, but yeah, so I think it gave a lot of, uh, liberals and, and, you know, so that and the combination of people being, um, pissed off about Bernie not winning and, and not that crazy about Hillary, um, kind of, it, it furthered the idea that, well, Trump doesn't really have a chance. And, um, and large, uh, wow, I'm just killing it on these segues, just smooth right into the disenfranchisement issue. And then you go fuck it up by pointing it out. But, but, um, but yeah, so that, that, uh, leads, um, that type of coverage and, um, now I forgot how I was going to fucking segue you jackass. You piece of shit I had to point out that you had to teed up a perfect segue. God damn it. Um, so yeah, anyways, uh, <laughs> uh, fuck. So anyways, um, Hillary, how Hillary defeated Bernie in the primaries and the fact that she, her victory was kind of being, um, touted as all but inevitable uh, by the media um, I, th- I think a lot of that fed into people's disillusionment with the system um, and she I mean there's no doubt that she's somebody who's she's lived in the White House before she's was a senator um, and she's former secretary of state there's so people have been people are tired of the two-party system and and trump kind of exists outside of that um 
whereas Hillary is very much a part of that and is probably to a lot of people a symbol of the stagnation and the, you know, kind of decline and the poor state of the economy and all that and and the gridlock and and corruption and and everything like that. And so um, I think all of that fed into people buying into the idea of Trump being an outsider and he talked a lot of he talked about ideas like um, like you know term limits which he still seems seems to be um, sticking to much to the chagrin of the uh, the establishment but um, so I, I and also I mean yeah so the people that ended up kind of deciding the election in the end um, are also you have to realize that they're they're being they're people in what would commonly be referred to by people on the east and west coast as flyover states and um, you watch you watch any sort of movie with somebody from not from you know New York or Chicago or LA or whatever anybody that it exists outside um is portrayed as an idiot and backwards and and m- most people in show business tend to be liberal and so uh, there's there's i think just with the state of the economy and and also the fact that the the political pendru- pendulum Pendulum. The political pendulum tends to kind of swing back and forth. Um, you know, it could stay in one side for a while, but but all of these things contributed to the the fact that um, yeah, the, the people people who voted for Trump feel like even though he's a billionaire New Yorker and not relatable probably to anybody in the South, he didn't give a shit about what he said didn't care about political correctness and um i mean i i don't personally i could never vote for a candidate who said half of the xenophobic islamophobic fucking misogynistic bullshit that came out of his mouth and probably will i mean i i think that people will do a better job uh controlling it um, and yeah, certainly with his whole, uh, his whole not having a press corps follow him for until he's, um, until he's officially, um, sworn in. But I, I think that, uh, I think that, yeah, he'll still let some of those things slip now and then, but, but a lot of people don't give a shit about that stuff. Um, or, you know, there are people who feel like, um, I'm not saying I, I don't agree with this sentiment at all, but, but people who kind of, who feel like, you know, it, it it's this sort of short-sighted look at, like, oh, you know, oh, affirmative action, uh, you know, uh, blah, 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 I don't know, just... 
I think you probably know what I'm getting at with that. Just just people who would argue against affirmative action because they're they're taking a very short look at history and saying, well, people who don't deserve shit are getting it and not realizing, well, the people who are getting shit are, you know, who are getting things as a result of, of affirmative action. First of all, you know, you have to get the ball rolling somehow. And white people would have just continued, white males would have just continued to hire other white males for years and years and years if, if people had not forced them not to. Um, and, um, yeah, but so, so, so the people who, you know, people whose jobs have been outsourced and who, um, you know, who, who, or who've lost their jobs because corporations have forced them to close their businesses and, um, and just, you know, feel like they're, they've generally been left behind. Um, and also the system is not doing anything to help them out and they're being overlooked in a lot of ways. Um, I can understand why an outsider candidate, um, would be appealing to them. Now, I mean, right now I'm talking about, I'm talking about normal, you know, hardworking, just down on their luck people who are just sick of the way things have been going, um, just tired of of the state of things, like I'm sure a lot of people are in in maybe different ways, but um, I'm not talking about people who actively endorsed um, the vomit of bullshit that, that, um, you know, came out of Trump's mouth throughout the entire campaign. Um, and certainly, I mean, I'm certainly that whether, I mean, honestly, I think by, it's a tough situation because there's a there's a lot of things that maybe people could people could reasonably be opposed to Hillary on and could not like her track record or dislike just her personality um, and that's uh, what I failed to mention is so like anybody who's leaning towards Trump when she says things like a basket of deplorables she's further igniting his base and that was a dumb stupid com- comment because then these people are saying no that you know they do look down on us um and uh they don't understand us and, and you know they're not from the same world we are even though trump is not either it, 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 he was talking their language in a certain way and um you know i'm not also obviously actual misogyny and xenophobia and and racism was very much a part of this campaign and you so i was kind of covering the 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 positive side i guess you would say of of his campaign of of understanding why people would vote for him um and basically when i'm talking about echo chambers and talking about this 
Um, my main point that I, I'm trying to get across, I think, with this episode and with talking about this, and I guess just to, I don't care if you, most people are probably born tuned out by this point because this is not the usual type of shit that we talk about. I'm not usually by myself, just crazy man fucking talking in, to a mic in my kitchen by, <laughs> alone. Um, but... Um, but I think that it's important that if anything, people, I think the most important things from this election that, that can be gleaned are that number one, uh, you can't exist in an echo chamber and you can't, um, you know, you need to do other things to get your, uh, news, whether it's from NPR, although they're pretty liberal, or or like BBC and Al Jazeera, places, um, uh, news outlets that uh, that exists outside of of our political spectrum, and also along that line is the fact that um, I'm not even going to really get into all of the bullshit uh, that you could say about Trump in terms of kind of the hate speech throughout the campaign um, and, you know, and all of that. But but I think that one of the things that people on the left really need to learn from this election is that calling somebody a racist or a sexist is not the best way to 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 handle that situation um whether whether or not it's right and there's times where sure or you know there's times where somebody somebody deserves to get fucking smacked in the face for shit that they say uh or do but um, I think people people are too quick to call people out. Not, not to call people out. People are not too quick to do that. People are too quick to label somebody and say you're racist or you're sexist. Um, there's a lot of overt um, hatred of the other in our society in whatever form that takes but I think most people exist somewhere in the middle where they're just trying to be nice to everybody and get by and live their own lives and maybe they don't understand things all the time but immediately jumping on things and 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 branding someone as a sexist or as a racist is uh is a surefire way to, to shut down communication. And so, um, and, and make people double down on their positions and, def- and defend them more. And I, I think a lot of people need to learn how to, how to better approach that situation and, um, you know, take a deep breath when somebody says something that's, um, you know, against your like every moral fiber in your being but rather than attacking that person 
um, you know, trying as best as you can to calmly explain what is wrong with that statement. Um, so, um, and, and just, and it's things like that, that people need to, on both sides, need to actively pursue in order to kind of prevent people living in separate echo chambers. Um, and I will, well, um, but yeah, I will definitely be trying my best to practice what I preach in another week at, uh, at Thanksgiving, because I know there's going to be a few people there who are going to be, um, probably trying to rub it in my face that Trump won or this and that. And, um, I don't know. Uh, so yeah, uh, there, so that's one thing is just kind of learning effect, effect, communicating more effectively and not doing your best to not live in an echo chamber and to seek other people outside of your, um, your background or your, your own views and, um, and then to have, you know, real discussions when, when there's disagreement versus just verbally attacking people, um, which can be hard, which is hard as hell, but it's necessary. And, um, and then the other thing I think is that a lot of people after the election, um, I know that night I kind of went through, um, I don't know if there was any sort of bargaining going on, but, um, you know, denial and I, I guess there's probably some bargaining as in terms of, well, she's going to win this state or whatever. I guess that's more denial. I don't know what that is, but, um, but yeah, I, and I, I don't know that I was really angry at any point, but the, the whole next day I was pretty depressed. And by the time, maybe on Thursday sometime, I think all day Wednesday, I was just kind of shocked and in disbelief. And then I was like, okay, well, once I watch the South Park the day after the election, then I'll like, I'll be able to accept that it's, that it's real. And, uh, you know, it helped, made me laugh a little bit. Um, but after that, I think a lot of people have been talking about this and, and I definitely feel the desire to do so is that, is that democracy cannot be something that exists once every four years or even once every two years. It needs to be more active than that. And it needs to be, um, it needs to be something that people, work on regularly and participate in whether that's writing a congressman or annoying annoying your local representative in some form um or or even just doing nice things in your community is has a positive effect in some way and so i i don't know i used to do a lot more volunteering and and be involved in in certain things and uh certainly family life and all that has gotten in the way, but I, I'm going to, um, I'm going to be trying to do more of that as well. 
Um, and I know a lot of people feel the same way. I don't know how many people will actually act actively go out and do that and will continue to do that. But, but I know that some people will. And if nothing else, uh, if you can't take anything else positive out of this election cycle, I think that it was a huge fucking wake-up call for a lot of people. Not only just the result, but just the frustration with how terrible it was the whole time. This whole fucking year sucked. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, so um, find a way to get out and get more involved and, and doing do things that are um, beneficial to other people and not just fun for yourself and um in you know whatever form you you think that is so um what else have i not covered so then the the fallout after the election there's been you know protests going on which i kind of have mixed feelings about because um, I know, I know they're not, they're not protests about the result of the election. I don't think, I don't think a lot of people out there are, um, are trying to get, you know, Trump not elected. Are there people who still hope that happens? Sure. That, that, you know something happens with his pending court cases um and just bear in mind that if fucking trump gets impeached and and uh and removed from office that fucking pence is going to be in there shutting down planned parenthoods and refusing to give uh give gay people pizza and cake and shit so uh, I don't know. I'd almost rather have Trump in there than that fucking jackass. But, um, yeah, sending people to conversion therapy and shit. Fuck you, Pence. So, um, uh, so, uh, now I lost track of where the fuck I was going with my Pence hatred. Um, yeah, so the protest, though, the, I think a lot of it has been, you know, people are just trying to say, look, it's not about, it's not about the trying to have Trump not be in office. It's more just kind of people saying, look, we're not going to stand for um, equality being set back. As a result of this election, we're not going to have you mass doing mass deportations and overturning Roe v. Wade by a, a port, you know, appointing some extremely conservative justice um, to the Supreme Court. We're not. We're not going to allow. Um, we're not going to allow. Uh, you to turn away all Muslims um, in the country that's supposed to be founded upon re- religious freedom and separation of church and state. Um, so, 
I get that. I support that. Um, but on the other hand, um, and, and then obviously there's the ugly side of that, which is people doing unnecessary damage in Portland, beating up people on suspect of them, uh, and like profiling them as a, a Trump voter. Um, and then, um, and then you have, I don't know, my brother shared some fucking link about idiot students in San Diego blocking a freeway on ramp and, and getting hit by a car and shit. Um, and then of course, on the other side, you have people drawing, uh, swastikas on walls and doing all this crazy shit. And by the way, uh, I saw a great thing online, but, um, that if you see a swastika on a wall, you just turn it into a Windows 95 logo. So, um, so the, but, but I think that a lot of, I think there's a time and place for protesting and it can be useful, but I also think it's easy and it's, it doesn't really, it's a lot of yelling and not listening and, um, when people with I'm not I'm not talking about like any form of protest I'm talking about just marching I think it's just a a lot of times it's it's a lazy form of activism which is better than no activism for sure but but it's just it's just a lazy go-to and and it's a it's a giant echo chamber. It's let's all go out and stomp around and yell things, and it's groupthink. And there's a lot of things I don't like about it. Can it be useful? Sure. And I think there, there's been great uses of it historically, and and things like uh, like John Stewart's rally to the Daily Show when they did the rally to instore sanity, and just kind of I think that was great in terms of just solidifying the idea that you know. A lot of people hold different views and most people occupy some sort of space in the center and we all, you know, we can have different views and still have a dialogue and still communicate and it's it's like, you know, a different type of protest. I think things like that are, are great because it's a protest that's bringing people together versus, versus seeking to divide them or to, to shout down the other side. Um... And, um, it, yeah, and then, so, uh, I don't know, um, but then, uh, what else good from the last week? Fuck. So, yeah, I was kind of, at first I was kind of, because, especially because of the whole Portland thing and, and because of my feelings on how protests are, um, I was, I basically, for the first couple days, was kind of in line with with what Dave Chappelle said on Saturday Night Live. And if you haven't watched it, go fucking watch it. Th- that, the, the, the opening scene with um, Kate McKinnon playing piano, dresses Hillary Clinton, the cold open is just her playing piano. Uh, singing Leonard Cohen's Hallelujah because he died, I think, the day after the election. Um, and um, and then Dave Chappelle's monologue, probably the best monologue in SNL history. I think that will be 
constantly referenced as, if not the best, it, it's it's top five for sure. Um, and I think they gave him like eight to ten minutes he had up there, where and he just killed it. It's fucking Dave Chappelle. Great to have him back. It couldn't be more timely. Um, America, uh, a lot of Americans needed that fucking monologue for sure. Um, and uh, yeah, that's definitely one of the positives, I think, of this uh, of this election result is that I, I think comedy is going to get better. I think that uh, political commentary and um, funny political commentary will get better. It's not. I mean, it's not nearly as funny defending the actions of a president as it is. Uh, condemning them for sure and just making fun of stupid nonsense um but Chappelle um ended his monologue with by he mentioned the protesters and and that um and that he thought people should he was going to give Trump a chance and and that people should too and he hopes that Trump gives gives historically gives black people and the historically disenfranchised a chance um but the problem with that is um and i totally agreed when i watched it i was just like yes fucking completely agree guy's not even in office yet i mean he went in met with met with obama apparently didn't know that he has to hire four thousand people and uh it's just like all right we don't know what this guy's gonna do he's been just shooting fucking shit out of his mouth all all campaign he traditionally kind of a liberal um in a lot of ways i i don't know in some ways it'll probably be good for the economy but a lot of what he says is awful so uh, there was kind of a little bit of um of well let's see what i was kind of on the side of well let's see what he does in office and uh you know give him his first hundred days and see what he's trying to accomplish and if it's awful then you know do everything that you can as a citizen to to stop that and if it's if it's just kind of typical you know republican shit then you know hopefully um people uh, you know, people, enough people are not, um, allowing him to do things that he wants. I mean, there's a majority in the Senate and the House, so he can, he's got two years of free reign for sure, but, um, unless he bucks the Republican establishment too much and they don't fall in line, uh, or so, but it's looking like they will. So anyways, I was kind of in, uh, looking at things that way of, well, let's give him a shot. Give, and see what he does um, but then he started he started naming people on his, his staff um, and you have um, you, you've got Steve Bannon in there uh, he was what the CEO of, of Breitbart and noted um, uh, noted anti-Semite and uh, just real douchebag um advocate of the uh at the of the alt-right and 
if nothing else, if, if at his best, he's um, he enables hate groups. Whether or not he is, he act, actually believes those things and does things in his daily life uh, to, you know, to, to um, prevent equality or uh, whether. Whatever you think of him, the the best you can say about him is that is that um, or I mean yeah the best you can say about him is is that whether or not he does anything, he's still enabling. That's that's his baseline for how good of a person he is. Is is still enabling people like uh, people like David Duke. So um. Yeah, he named that then as his chief strat. He named him as his chief strategist, um, and then he's also named uh, Rents Priebus so far. So kind of one pick for the alt right, one pick for the traditional right, and then um, who else? Ken Blackwell has been b- talked about. Um, just the uh, the only good potential good thing. It's not even great about him naming his cabinet. Is is I I could see Christie totally getting fucked over about of this in this whole thing. I could see Chris Christie, who is just Trump's bitch the whole campaign. Um, I can definitely see him getting fucked. Um, but yeah, so based on his hiring so far and the way things have been, um, he's disorganized. He's not letting. A press corps follow him. Um, he's uh, he, he's naming um, he's n- naming noted uh, bigots to um, to major positions in in uh, in his staff. So I, I don't know. I just. Uh, yeah, I tried to kind of objectively cover everything that's been going on, and at a certain point, that has to break down. Once I start talking about my feelings, obviously, I don't know what point it was ten minutes ago or whenever, or maybe maybe the whole time. I, I don't know. I try to talk about why why the election happened the way it happened, and and why we should listen to each other but at the same time um well the the good news is is i as much as i kind of i was certainly surprised by this but i wasn't as shocked as i think a lot of people were because in some ways i i don't have i don't have a lot of faith in the general populace um but what I Hillary won the popular vote and um, that does indicate that there's enough people out there who won't stand for Trump's bullshit granted they're also the people who uh, who probably don't have guns and, and are a little bit soft but they um, but I, I, I think that for anybody out there I think I didn't mention it earlier, but I think 
the protests, a lot of, of that stuff, and, and the and the you know the destroying of shit in Portland and whatever is it's out of anger and frustration, but I think it, a lot of it is out out of fear because of the hate speech that's been coming out of the Trump campaign uh, all year and. Um, I just think it's important to to not be to not be afraid and to have a faith that there's enough good people in this country that that we will not allow you know this fucking crazy orange crazy comb over two paid bastard who's gonna be taking the White House in what now 80 days or so um, less uh, that he's I, I don't think people are going to allow him to do some of the things that people are, are scared could potentially happen is it impossible that you know he he starts doing some crazy um, racist xenophobic shit ethnic cleanser and hit Hitler type shit no it's not impossible but I think it's highly improbable and I don't I think it's important that um, American the American people are not are not afraid of that and um so but at the same time people need to be aware and there is um i was listening to npr earlier and someone was talking about um she's russian and she talked about living in putin's russia and the idea of normalization i i can't remember her name um but she was talking about the idea of normalization and you can see it already in the media with just i mean people have been pretty stern about attacking uh bannon and and other things but eventually there's a i mean and even the election there's a general reaction against it and then you get used to it and and you know and then and then bannon gets named and everyone gets all pissed off for a week but then you get used to it and so it's very important I think it's the whole it's the whole um, uh, you know f- what is it a frog in like a in a boiling you know in boiling water or whatever is it a frog that's in the boiling water I don't know but just you know it, it's that whole boiling pot thing where you, you're in a pot that's slowly heating up and slowly heating up and because you're inside the pot you don't realize it and it, it, it's not like it happens overnight. It's a gradual process that you get used to as it happens and happens and happens until it's too late. And I think that it's, it is very important that people stay politically involved and stay engaged and pay attention to what's going on and do not let um, things that people have fought for regress and do not let... Um, you know, things go back to 
um, you know, just just don't just be vigilant and pay attention to what's going on um, and be aware of what's happening and, and what changes are taking place and how people are reacting to them because um, just the normalness and getting used to the change and and things it, it, it can be very dangerous and over the last uh, two um, because of the stagnation in, in uh, Congress there's definitely been uh, a lot of more power um, with the Patriot Act and and Obama not really doing anything to um, him also retaining some of that power um, hold on um, so yeah, with, with just with with the Patriot Act and Obama retaining that power, there's a lot more power consolidated in the executive branch, and with with both uh, houses or with both um, the House and the Senate um, being Republican right now, you watch guys like um, Mitch McConnell and Paul Ryan now just being silent and. Um, people who had been critical of Trump all throughout the campaign, now that he is the president-elect, are beginning to kind of shut up. So um, it's important not just that uh, that liberals need to um, need to be aware of what's going on and be paying attention, but also that, um, that conservatives assess their views and stick by those views and don't get sucked up into what may become the party lines. Um, so I think, I think that's about it. Um, yep. Well, um, yeah, that, that wraps it up. So, uh, I am going to close this week out with, um, with a little tribe called Quest, uh, little We the People. So this has been a weird episode of the uh, the past on blast. Um, don't know don't know if it, many people have listened to it all the way end all the way to the end. I hope uh, I hope some people have and that some people have gotten something out of it. Um, I don't I know that just kind of getting some of this shit off of my chest uh, has felt pretty good. So. Yep. Um, usual shit. Go to thepastonblast.com. Follow us on Instagram at thepastonblast. Uh, same for Twitter. Um, and check out our Facebook page. Like the podcast. Like the podcast p- Facebook page. Share and subscribe. And rate us on iTunes. All right. Peace out. Have a good week. Talk to you soon.
don't believe you Cause we the people are still here in the rear, yo, we don't need you You ain't a killing off good young nigga move When we get hungry, we eat the same fucking food The ramen noodle This simple voodoo is so maniacal, reliable to pull a juju The irony is that this bad bitch in my lap She don't love me, she make money, she don't study that She gon' give it to me, ain't gon' tell me none of that She gon' take the brain away the place she spit on that The doors and signs with it. Don't try to rhyme with it. VH1 has a show that you can waste the time with Guilty pleasure, take the edge off reality And for a salary, I probably do that just sporadically The OG Gucci boots are smitten with iguanas The IRS piranhas see a nigga getting common Niggas in the hood living in a fishbowl Gentrify here, now it's not a shithole Trend set up, I know, my shit's cold Hand set up because I ain't so bold But hell, all you black folks, you must go Fucking block, Babylon blood clot. You upon your head, Todd.